welcome to episode 57 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because my midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Thank you, Ross. Lovely to be here. Um, uh, One man down, but uh, seamless, no doubt. Oh, yeah, I think we're stronger. (laughs) Made us tougher. (laughs) A man has said Dave Warner modelled his game on. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gent. Hello, Mick. What are we talking Alex about? <laughs> Australia's number one Mitch Marsh fan and our guru can't be with us, so <laughs> no Alex. What's he doing? Smoking cones at some music festival, no doubt? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Off with his hippie, off with his uh, hippie better, mate. Uh, what do they do there? They kick dust around, yeah. uh, wear weird fluoro tassels and yeah. uh, smoke bombs out of apples, I think is what happens. <laughs> Stop that's that. vegan. And uh, <laughs> they, they wrap their beards around their heads to keep warm. <laughs> yeah, like his beard's that long, he can wrap around his neck and be a scarf. Yeah, that's it. And uh, he wears these $3 thongs everywhere he goes. Oh, yeah, good investment. His third pair. <laughs> his third pair. I'm still going on one pair, but they cost a lot more. Anyway, yeah. let's not get into that. No. Today we come to you from the twin Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a Big Globe production brought to you by our Platinum Partners for 2017. New finished car wash, the once a year car polish, Tarnoff, CLR Clear, and Set Australia, Renault Infinity and Savlaki Hut. And don't forget Michelangelo's Chelsea Heights. <laughs> don't forget our Patreon and Kickstarter campaigns, Give That We May Record Better. Do we got and, any um, money in that yet, Ross? No, zero. Zero <laughs> de Niro. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's what happens when you actually don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to put money into something that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah very Although, hard. Although, uh, uh, Jesse Bilkey bought me a beer. Uh, oh, we liquid test, assets. So. The best yeah. Liquid <laughs> assets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do, actually, we've got to really ramp it up, boys, because 2017 is drawing to a close, so we've got to renegotiate all our all our platinum partnerships yeah. for, 20, for the new calendar year coming up, 2018. Yeah, hopefully someone goes under, so we've got a new sponsor next year. <laughs> That's it. I read today about um, Donut King and that franchisee model. Oh. Uh, maybe, maybe that uh, that sort of franchisees will get on board next year. Oh, okay. Are they teetering? Is that what you're saying? Oh, they're on the brink. Yeah, they're, the <laughs> they go, they're wanting to go the way of Ollie's trolley. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so first up, it's National Team Talk, and we let's have a, a run through the Adelaide Test. I've got the scorecard here, so we'll start with uh, day one. It's unusual, it's a Saturday start. I think that's going to be the norm from now on. We're going to have that slightly longer break between back-to-back tests. Yeah. One more, one more day. So um, I heard, talking about Adelaide and the day-night test, heard them talking on ABC Radio, and they likened it to um, Spring Carnival Week in Melbourne. They said it's, oh, okay. it takes over the city for the week that it's on. So what you're saying, Ross, is that people just get absolutely balls out, drunk, um, fall over, day flaps out, day. balls out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 nice. A lot of strumpets everywhere and dresses, what, <laughs> what I'm hearing. Oh, the big <laughs> ship, he's yeah. back in action. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes. Anyway, on, on field, it was uh, Sean Marsh mm-hmm. in the first innings who, who held Australia together. Yeah, he's terrific innings. Really? Yeah. Really, I did not have that pointed out to me by every single person who knows me in the last <laughs> week. Yeah. Um, and um, the other impressive innings was Tim Payne made a half century. Yeah, actually, you know what? That was impressive because we know Sean Marsh is a good player. Yeah. Um, well, not mm. a good player, a player of good innings. Yeah. Um, mm. So we all know that. But yeah. the Tim Payne thing coming out when we were probably five for not many 
and yeah. just if playing any, that real yeah. sort of. I reckon uh, Brad had an esque from the last. Yeah, Ashes yeah it was a bit series. of that. Yes, just yes, real counter attack, real punchy. I thought it was brilliant. Although the way he went out, where he hauled out on the fence was oh, pretty poor. But what it did poor. do is sorry, sorry to cut you off, Ross. What it did do the pain innings as well was it took a little bit of the pressure off sure, Marsh yeah. and led him to continue to go about the way he's best going about yeah. it. So it's yes. like. For, like, we all sat here and we joked and laughed before Brisbane and all that, but Tim Payne's had a pretty good couple of tests. Yep. Like, he's been serviceable to good with the gloves. Yep. Like, he's had a tough one here and there that he hasn't taken, but, you know, that comes with the territory. But making the 50 also showed that he can do that job, which yeah. Neville was doing to a point, and Wade has not been doing lately. So. And, and the thing you I look at it like, would Neville and Wade have played... That well, probably not. Maybe not. You know, so I think the selectors mm. you probably get a tick for that one. And obviously, um, our man at the top of the order, Bancroft, gets a yeah. tick. And Marsh obviously gets a tick for this test match mm. as well. So. Oh yes, they've certainly they've picked um, picked some oldies in uh, Marsh and Payne, but they've done the job. Yeah. It's yeah. surprising with Tim Payne because it's his batting that's been poor. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. In, in four day cricket, like he's been good in one day stuff and T Twenty opening. But batting at seven for Tassie in um, Shield has been awful. That's why he's yeah. dropped. He's not dropped because he can't catch. Yeah. Because he couldn't bat. Yeah. Well, from all accounts, that was the other thing with Payne. Apparently he was given the instruction to hit through the ball and to play maybe not as aggressively as you would in a T20, but maybe yeah. the way you would in a one day. So if the ball's there, hit through it and commit to the shot. But it makes sense. If that's the way you bat well in yeah. limited overs games, then mm. why not play just play a natural game? Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But a natural <laughs> game that's good as opposed to yeah. a natural game that's swinging across the line and being, making an arse of yourself. Ah, uh, yes, there is, a, there is a distinction there, isn't there? Yeah. There's two natural games. play to your strengths yeah. if your strengths yeah. are good cricket shots. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Don't, yeah, don't exactly. Be, don't be too circumspect. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Brilliant. Uh, then England's first innings was not brilliant. No, uh, no. No, their top scorer was old um, uh, Peter Overton down there, reading the Channel yeah. 9 News, made 41. <laughs> Peter Overton, the man whose chin's so big he could play drive-in movies on it. <laughs> Jeez, he'd be a terrible boxer, wouldn't he? Oh. Yeah, it's the biggest target yeah. in the world if you just tried to give him one. Uh, so they were all out for 227 England. Yeah, it wasn't brilliant. I, no. I took the wicket. I mean, obviously Nathan Lyon has gone to a new level yeah. in mm. terms of off-spin bowling. Like, I, yeah. I read something the other day where his uh, strike rate is only three balls worse than Warney's. Oh, wow. wow. And his, his strike rate's like 15 balls better than Richie Benno. Wow, yeah. okay. Mm. Yep, that so that was um, interesting that... Um, he took four for 60, and Australia only bowled 76 overs, 20 to Stark, 16 to Hazelwood, 16 to Cummins, and 24 to Lyon. But they chose not to enforce the follow-on. Yeah. It almost backfired. But, I, I mean, you sort of get why they do it, because Stark and Cummins yeah. break down at, at the drop of a yeah. hat. Mm. Um, and obviously there's no, I guess, what, what would you say, fifth bowler yeah. uh, batting no. at six, unless you want to throw a short master ball. But... Uh, which we'll probably get into later on uh, on another uh, smash. But my argument against that is, firstly, it was going into the what's nice historically time. the best time to bowl yeah. in a day-night game. Yeah. And also, yes, okay, they've been out there bowling and they bowled 76 overs, 
But if you're playing a full day of test cricket and you're bowling over, yeah. first, you're expected to bowl 90 yeah. overs. So what couldn't be done? Break is what exactly you're right. That's yeah. everyone's like, oh, you know, but they're not going to get a break between innings. <clears throat> they're going to get a overnight break, yeah. and they're going to go to, and they're going to sleep, and they're going to come, and you're going to back in the best conditions possible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I like I understand that in the long run, we still got the result we wanted, but I think mm. the whole idea where people were looking at each other going. Shit, England might pull this off. Mm. Was created, in my opinion, and I know there's a lot of people that disagree, but it was created by not enforcing the follow on. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm mean, sorry, Australia, Australia ended up four for 50 at Stumps, and that yeah. created England four for 50. Well, that's also true. Just a curtain. Yeah. We and effectively think, got rolled for 150. Yeah. Well, yeah, 138. It was pretty yeah. piss poor, actually, by Australia. 20 yeah. top score, Stark and Gawaja. Jimmy Anderson took his first five for an Australia. But he should in that sort of environment. Yeah, he should. Mm. That test is created for him. That's his skill set, is bowling a swinging ball. And if we believe everything we read, it's going to swing under lights. Uh, But I think further to your point before, England were never going to make 350 to win that test match. No matter how well they went uh, at the overnight Mm. session, they were never going to make 350. Because... Hazel was always going to do what Hazelwood did and just come out and take early wickets. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. They gave themselves a chance, though. Yeah, with, they um, did. You know what does... Uh, you know what made me happy? Is mm-hmm. that I, I'm a devourer of the uh, Twitter sphere. I do like to get on Twitter and just read a lot of things. And yep. just the hope. Just the hope oh, that they yes. had. Oh, it was, it was... Oh, I could taste it, Ross. I could taste the hope. And then when the first two wickets fell in the first three overs the next day... Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. It was like a, a beautiful donut. That's yeah. what it was. It was just, oh, I could eat that all day, Ross. I could eat that hope all day. Mm. What, I, what I did love, Bud, is that like Joe Root went from bowling first to being the stupidest man in cricket... <laughs> yeah. So then Steve Smith looking like the stupidest man in cricket. It was a, it was oh, a yes. game of stupids, wasn't yeah. it? Really? Yes. It was like without like it was a game of, it was a game of poor fucking captaincy. Mm. Yes. Yep. So there's really a lot fair. of poor like there's there's a lot of poor captaincy decisions made in this <sighs> test match from both sides. There was some blushes mm. saved. There was yeah. by mm. Sean Marsh and uh, Hazelwood that oh, yeah. last morning. And Nathan yeah. Lyon, obviously, was... Yeah. Nathan Lyon, yeah. So, Stark, 5 for 88 in that second innings. England all out, 233. So, Australia won by 120 runs. Uh, smashing. And I think if you look at the game as a whole, then the best player on the ground is Nathan Lyon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he might just take three wickets and one yeah. innings, two in the second or whatever, but yeah. he just... Marshall's time was good, though. The way he he's took bowling... Four, yeah. Took four wickets, four for 60, and then two for 45. Yeah. Nathan Lyon, man of the match, was... Um, would have been smart, yeah. but, but I can wear that because, of course, yeah. making a ton is hard, and then under the pressure he's under too. Yeah, it was impressive. Like people have been getting stuck into me on Facebook because you know we said he should never been selected, and I'm one of his biggest knockers. Yeah, but I can sit back and say that he good batted innings, well, yeah. and he batted well in Brisbane. As, he batted yeah. well in Brisbane as well with yeah, Smithy. Yeah. But I'm not arguing that he can't... I do argue that he can't bat. But I'm not, argue, I'm not arguing in those points that he didn't bat well in those two situations. Yeah. My argument is that he should never have been in the side. Yeah. And okay, yeah, he's done his job, and that's fantastic because it means we get to win test matches. But it doesn't undo the fact that blokes were overlooked for him that yeah. should never have been overlooked. Is he, um, is he playing mm. the sexiest cover drive since Michael Hussey? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. 
That's why he's in there, isn't he? Because they see that one yeah. shot and they just yeah, uh, like, splatter oh, in their pants. Mm. Uh, we talk about under Alex pressure. Man style. Mm. <laughs> That's the only when 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 they ask Lang who's been playing well and he sends out the video. All he does is send Sean Marsh to drive. Yeah, Sorry, Sean yeah, Marsh would be good. Um, we talk about under pressure. How's Peter Hansel going, please? Oh, oh, oh. He's under something. pressure. Yeah. He's already he's already got a weird technique. Um, yes. but he's done something weirder. He's doing a real Steve Smith walk across the stump style. He is mm. just it's just it's just I don't it doesn't make any sense. He's a guy who was okay, yeah, he was a little unsightly and he didn't have the best technique in the world. But going into this series was averaging like fifty five mm. at test level and has tinkered with it now and looks like he shouldn't even be getting a fucking shield game. What I do like is yeah, the he Australian. wasn't making runs in the shield either. Oh. Nah. What I do like is the Australian selected for showing a real leap of faith with Hanscom by bringing another batsman into the squad. Yeah. Really, like, yeah. sends a strong message mm. to Hanscom saying, yep, we're going to back you the whole way, old son. No matter how poor you're playing at the moment, we expect you to get better. So what we're going to do is bring another but batsman But the thing in. I really did like about the way that the selectors have handled this, because they know that Hanscom's going to have to go back and be captain of Victoria, they didn't bring Maxwell in, so at least it's not awkward for those yeah, two when they walk good. past each other in the corridor. Yeah, nah, so, you know, like, the selectors, you know, they're looking after the Vicks. It's good. I, I really like the fact that they've brought in a bloke who can bat a lot. Yeah. Like, probably averages, I would say, comfortably 28 at test yes. level. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, and, you know, I would say averages 60 at test yeah. level. You just probably just want to switch those around. Yeah. So you want to average 60 with the bat and 25 yeah. with the ball? Yeah. As opposed so we're to talking 20... about the squad for the Perth, the upcoming Perth test. We are, and yes. They released Chad Sayers, who even realised he was still in the squad. Anyway, they released yeah. him and added... I don't think Mitch Chad realised he was still in the squad. Right. So they added Mitch Marsh, and it looks like they'll play five bowlers in Perth to protect the four bowlers. And because Perth wicket has been F-L-A-T flat yeah. the last three or four years. It has been flat as a 1980s hip-hop star's flat top. Yeah, now we're talking. Yep. Or, yep, that's um, true. Or if the Ross peak... Taylor can make a double ton, it must have been flat. Yeah, It's as flat as the peak <laughs> on a BBL01 fielder. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was shocking. Uh, uh, so I've got a better. theory, yeah. Ross. Yep. Um, the reason why Alex isn't here... Is mm-hmm. he's been so dehydrated after blowing an O-ring that Mitch Marsh was picked? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The old Bison fan. He actually needs to get some yeah. fluids into him because he lost that much fluid right. once he yeah, found out sense. that he was picked. Yep. He's just in the bathtub with a straw, just like fucking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Mitch Marsh was a fucking lollipop, Kim would lick him. <laughs> Before we, sorry, sorry to backtrack, but with the hands, yep, thing. sorry, yep. With his stupid technique. No, no, no. That's oh. all. But hasn't he done Usman Khawaja a massive favour? By being shit. By being yeah. shitter than him. Yeah. Because yeah. realistically, like shit. Usman hasn't set, yeah. set the world on fire at all. And he's, you know, coming off this hole, you can only play at home. And now he hasn't even played well at home. But well, luckily Usman's, for him, Hanscom's yeah. just stunk it up more. Hanscom's problem is his watch is too small. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. That's why he's under pressure. Yeah. The, the only difference between Hanscom and um, Usman Khawaja at the minute is Usman Khawaja did make a 50 in the first innings of the Adelaide yeah. test. Yeah. So that yeah. saved his bacon. Mm. Not that he eats bacon, probably. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Usman's been ordinary. But we've got, Which, like, um, yeah, disappointing. Of ordinary players in our side that are being mm. propped up by, like, obviously, you've got 
Dave Warner and Steve Smith, who are absolute superstars. Pat yeah. Cummins and Stark. Oh, Pat and Cummins before. with the bat. Jeez. Well, mm. and I think, you know, Pat Cummins is an absolute superstar cricketer. Oh, he is. He is. Pat yeah. Cummins is, a num- is another 40 runs away from the Channel 9 commentary team banging on about how he should be an all-rounder. Yeah. You know what You know what Pat Cummins is? The best part cricketer who's ever played the game. Yes. Because he takes five wickets and will make 60 or yeah. 40 and everyone just goes, God, this guy's a superstar, yeah. isn't he? That's exactly what he is. Mm. Oh, no, he's very good. He certainly um, improved the team. We, uh, Without Alex, at- yeah, spot on. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I agree. Uh, we move now from the Test Arena. Oh, no, no. Let's talk about England. Let's talk about England. Yes, oh, we have oh, to. Oh, actually, uh, no. yeah. let's, let's talk about England, yes. Yes. So, I was sort of surprised, and I noticed this more so in England's second innings, that they've, got, they've only got Cook, who's not in great form and hasn't been for a few years, Root, and then Bearstow. Yeah, as they're sort of of their regular of their top seven who sort of experienced and in good, you know, whatever. So there's only yeah. three. So I'm surprised when Stokes was um, omitted that they didn't um, bring back someone like an Ian Bell or a, a Compton or you know, keyboard Jennings. I know he's out here as well, but he's keyboard not very but One of those older heads, Ian Bell maybe. Yeah, yeah. Craig White, um, yeah. Paul Collingwood. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, Graham yeah, Hicks, just yeah. pulled Graham yeah, Hicks out of the Australian yeah. rooms. Yeah, Graham Hicks in yeah. coaching changes yeah. in the Aussies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just their batting order of Cook, Stoneman, yeah. Vince, Root, Milan, Ali, Bearstow. Like it's it's That's a long your... way from what what they're done. I don't yeah. know if they had Stokes, then it'd be different. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're pretty much running with it's know, three of the top seven. Stuff, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. But how like yeah. how does Moen and even Milan? How are they batting ahead Bearstow, but... Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Well, Ali yeah. wouldn't. He'd bat behind Bearstow at eight, but yeah. yeah I, like, mm, you know, it's a bit it's, weird. It's bullshit tradition where the keeper bats at seven. Yeah. Yes, it does feel like he's just bullshit. at seven because seven's the yeah. spot for the keeper. I mean, he could bat six. What's the difference, batting six or yeah. seven? Not much. Well, they need to learn from park cricket. If your keeper's your best bat, you bat him at four or yeah. three or whatever you do. Yeah. Just use yeah. him where he's yeah. going to be used. Just actually yeah. make a decent yeah. batting order. Yeah, and that's true. I've read a few comments yeah. like that, that uh, Bearstow left with the tail again. Like, if he is there, yeah. bat him at five or six, I don't really see there being a whole lot of and, difference. And he's, he's not Steve Waugh who's going to, like, you know, yeah. mm. grab the tail by the scruff of the neck and say, come with me, fellas. Like, he's just going to try and smash every ball and get out. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's it also, like, he's not a brilliant keeper as such. No. He's more there for his batting, so why drop yeah, him, a, why put him all the way down at seven? Does, yeah, yeah, it's it's right. make yeah sense. he's definitely a uh, batsman keeper, not a keeper batsman. Mm. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Gilly is obviously a brilliant batsman, but he had yeah. six blokes ahead of him who could bat better than him. Yes. So that's why he yes. batted at seven. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 this is not the case, yes. It seems they get stuck in tradition a bit strangely. Mm. Yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a nonsense, Ross, as you would say. Oh, it's a nonsense. I put it hey, to you, sir, that that's a nonsense. I'm going to mm. put something to you, Ross. Wasn't there another Piddle-related incident for the English camp? Yeah, that uh, got out on the Piddle again in Perth, their favourite yeah. city. Yeah. They're and, in um, disarray, they are. They are. They're, they're a rabble, piss-drinking rabble by the sound of things. They're not um, <laughs> piss-fit, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so they've learnt the bad things from park cricket and not the good yeah. things from yeah. park cricket. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I think... Mate, Andrew Strauss must have had like 
the um, player under investigation like laminated sign. Yeah. He just puts <laughs> it on. He just goes from door to door, <laughs> just, just putting it on the chat, putting on the doors yeah. of each hotel room. This bloke's under investigation. Well, Johnny Bairstow be happy. He's back at the headbutt capital of yeah, the world. That's oh, it. Yeah. yeah. I, I so, heard um, he sent out a tweet the other day, Ross. Um, mm-hmm. uh, back at the headbutt capital of the world, looking to swap freckles. Who's up? That's, <laughs> that's what I <laughs> so let's talk about the first one first. Let's talk about Ben Duckett. Yep. Who, um it's understood. While some of the details, this is quick info. While some of the details yeah. are unclear, it's understood that Duckett poured a drink over James Anderson. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I like him already. England's yeah. vice yeah. captain on tour during yeah. an evening out. There was no violence or involvement with anyone outside the England squads, and no police. You know why there was no violence? Because fucking Anderson. It's also understood that members of England's security team were with the players throughout the episode. Ah, mm. oh, yeah, just, just making sure that the drink was poured properly. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So they're oh, yeah. sort of there, um, and it was the day after their um, curfew had been lifted. Apparently, <laughs> uh, now you boys are behaving yourselves. Go out, go and have a beer. Nick, they just, you, they just can't you've been good for four days. Life, no can they? they need uh, they need to be chaperoned by the King no. of Northbridge, Adam Voges, uh, uh, King of Northbridge, David Bullock. You mean? Uh, <laughs> oh right, okay. Oh, you know cousins are showing a trick or two. It's the time difference, Ross. So on the ah, east coast, yes. it will be three a.m. So they'd be in yeah. bed, but yeah, back there yeah. it's twelve a.m. So they're like, ah, oh, fuck it, just pour a beer on people's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that um, uh, there was a big, uh, long article which I sent to you guys about um, old Johnny Bairstow yep. writing for one of the English papers about the headbutt incident. And he said it yes. wasn't a headbutt. And it's like, no. oh shit, it wasn't. I think um, it was an Eskimo kiss, Ross. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it clearly maybe it was a four out of ten headbutt. He's still a headbutt, though. Like, yeah. Bancroft <laughs> clearly didn't have to go to hospital like or a, 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 get a broken a nose, but he clearly uh, is. Ross still talking? Yeah. Sorry. Go. Oh, sorry, Ross. Mm. Uh, he's clearly headbutt. It's <laughs> like when you drive into the back of someone and just mm. flip their bumper bar. It's still a car yeah. accident. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that your car's sorry. your car's not a write-off, but uh, and the damage might be so minimal that there's nothing to nothing to be fixed. But yeah, it's still a still an accident. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I feel with the headbutt. It clearly, it happened. What do you think, Bancroft's yeah. just making it up for the hell of it in that press conference? Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. that he's never met. He's just going right. to say, yeah. "Oh no, he headbutted me." Yeah, clearly, it's at the very minor end of the scale as headbutts go. He didn't break yeah. his nose or you know. Give him two yep. black eyes in the process, but no, it happened. Don't deny it, you fuck with no. Anyway, I reckon Bancroft made it up just for the simple reason he wanted to talk about he's got the biggest head in the WA team. Yeah, <laughs> and then Andrew Suit and Tie produce a ripped out page from a, a notebook that's got all their nicknames yeah. and head measurements <laughs> oh. on it. Hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, um. Interesting, this um, this current game happening between England and the Caxi yep. at uh, the WACA, no, Richardson Park or Richardson Oval in Perth um, going on at the moment, that um, most of the team is actually the England Lions team who've come out here for a so bit the, of a hit around. Yeah. So the, the only player from the second, from the Adelaide Test side is Moen Ali. They're right. Yeah. That's playing in It'll this warm-up sure. game. So if that's not a massive big flag that says you're fucking going to be dropped, Moeen, I don't know mm. what it is. I don't know. Like, mm. if I was Alistair Cook, I'd be... 
Yeah, I'll be asking. I'll be asking him. I've made no runs. I want to play. Yeah, well, here's the lineup: um, keyboard Jennings, Dave Lawrence, Gaz Balance, Moali, Ben Folks got the gloves on. Luke Livingston, Jim Clark, Mark Wood, the stupid horse bloke. Yep. Um, Tom Curran and Moses Crane, one of the seven animal fighting symbols who played for New South Wales. Mm. Yeah, he's a leg, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he's what a leg. What's his name? Something Clark, Jim Clark. Jim Clark, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. What's it good he here? Just, Jim Clark just sounds know. like the. Um, the default player on a cricket game that you get on the PlayStation, yeah. James Clark. <laughs> so yes. is, um, well, is that is that Luke Livingston, former Carlton number four draft pick, Luke? Livingston? Yeah, from Kerrang, yeah, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. Is, yeah. um, sorry, did you say Mark Wood was playing Ross? Yep. So they Horse idiot. They should uh, they should be bringing him in for the Wacker Test match. Well, is he not England's fastest bowler? Yeah, I think he bowls yeah, he close to one forty. Yeah. Yep. Off his. Starters blocks run up. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they were all they were nine for three hundred and fourteen. Uh, keyboard Jennings made eighty, and uh, Mo Alley twenty four. Gaz Balance one. And it was uh, Tom Curran seventy seven down the bottom of the order. Oh, South African. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's South African. Tom Curran. Okay. That's and they're awesome. up against a very strong bowling lineup of G Bell, Nick Buchanan. J. Coop, A. Bevilacqua, and M. Cormac. You heard of them? No. <laughs> I know Nick Buchanan because he's the one Nick who went Buchanan, to rehab because yeah. John Buchanan's so boring he did drugs. Uh, <laughs> um, that's all fine. Where was... Uh, what number did Jade Herrick bowl, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's what, almost his that? time to shine, too. It's almost... BBL's oh, just shit. around the corner. Yeah. Oh, where was Garinda? Where is he on the promotional posters? Oh, jeez. Where was that's a good Where question. was Garinda? Garinda? Oh, no, he didn't yeah. make it either. The Caxi is um, uh, John O'Dean's, not John O'Dean, uh, Travis Dean's there. Uh, Felipe, your mate Bull, who came out first ball after the break and went out last time. Yep, yeah, real strong uh, gypsy. Yeah. Jake Doran, McCormick, Bell, Buchanan, Sam Harper's got the gloves on. Oh, yeah. Henchcliffe, Coop, Wright, Will Bazisto's in there and Bavalacqua. Doran made runs for Tassie last year game, didn't he? He did, he did. Yep. Get on to that in a minute. I think John O'Wells made a ton. He did. We'll get on to that in a second. Oh, sorry. I find these these tour matches uh, frustrating because of the piss poor approach to them from both sides. Yeah, they just send out jippers, don't they? Yep. And some of the England. uh, commentators, I'm not sure it's England team, were complaining that in, they played the three lead-up matches and they didn't play, you know, like a decent team, which is a fair criticism. Um, I don't know why one of them wasn't Australia A. I don't, I don't get it at all. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, though, that the ECB and Cricket Australia sit down and they say, what tour matches do you want? And then Cricket yeah. Australia, like, they negotiate. It's not you just get given yeah. some rubbish. They I do actually they sit down and negotiate what they want. Hence why they played a day-night game at Adelaide Oval yeah. in the warm-ups. Yeah. I think they didn't pick an Australian A team because Martin Love and Greg Blewett were unavailable. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and good and Michael Bevan had otherwise uh, been indisposed. <laughs> yes. I, I think the... Um, uh, 
Yes, maybe, like one of those games should definitely be against Australia A. And you think, well, that the, the I think the, actually the Australia A players would like it because they might even force their way into a test squad well, with a good that's performance. Exactly right, Ross. Well, this is I, imagine. It, I don't. Yeah, I, I reckon Chad Sayers and Jackson Bird would have knocked down the yes. door if they could have yeah, to play yeah, for Australia spot A. Spot yeah. on. Well, that's how Bancroft. Because didn't Bancroft play in one of those games and get runs? And that was the final thing that got him over the line? Uh, that was uh, Tim Payne. Uh, got in. Oh, sorry, Tim yeah, Payne. Tim Payne. Payne. Yes. Some really yeah. good shield cricket. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, why couldn't you have a team of like Jackson Bird, Chad Sayers, uh, Tim Payne, oh, Joe Burns, Glenn Maxwell, so on, so on, so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even, George Bailey. Just but even, yeah. like, I don't understand, like, I know it's a bit different now, because but back in the day they used to come out and play state squads. I used to flog them. So mm-hmm. yeah, you come out and they play Victoria um, and they play WA. And yeah, it is challenging with the fixturing now with the Shield all yeah. played in rounds to fit in the BBL. But yeah, like this this year's a good example. The Australian players were back playing Shield, so if they'd taken out you know the next ten or the next eleven best players, the Shield wouldn't have suffered at all because they got the Aussie no, players. That's in there. true. But yeah. even um, there's an uneven team. In the futures, or is there not? Is there a taxi one to yeah. even it out? No, no, there's it's uneven in there. But they really shouldn't can, be playing second elevens. They should no, be no. But I'm just saying, but you, could, but you could grab one of those sides and then pluck a few guys from other yeah. states and drop them in and actually just name it the taxi, but actually have so a full yeah. strength. Yeah, yeah. Well, well they the, could have the taxi yeah. this year could have been Ed Cow and Doug Bollinger, Trent Copeland. Keep going, yeah. you know. Yeah. The thing it's, is, like, they used to they used to pick really like the six best bats who weren't playing test cricket, yeah. and mm. make the bowlers bowl to them for four days in a row, and like yeah. try and flog the opposition team, mm. and then they pick yeah. our four fastest bowlers and just try and hit batsmen. Yeah. yeah. But that was in because yeah. that's what they well they took Cool to Nile out of the WA yeah. side and dropped him into that taxi oh, side because and they and they were under they, they their reasoning was that they thought that he was one of the blokes in the mix. Mm. So it's, like, it's weird they didn't do that. I know they did with pain, but it's weird they didn't grab Glenn Maxwell or grab someone else mm. and go, I'm really sorry, Victoria, but we think he's in the mix and this is his chance to show us and chucked him in yeah, there. That's right. But I think I think the players would want to play for Australia because it's been also, it's not been, it might not even work every year. No. But it's been so long since they've had Australia A because they missed that tour to South Africa and they yeah, don't, yeah. You know, it's been three or four years now with the new structure of, Matadors, Shield, yeah. BBL, Shield. Australia A haven't played a home game in four or five seasons. It just so seems that it, yeah, it, mm. that the Caxi has replaced them on yeah. Australian As soil. Australian A side, right. yeah. Not necessarily they're, not, they're, they're like a development squad, though. Yeah, you know, they're they're below first class level. Those guys, yeah. which is fine. There's a place for that as well. It's called an invitational eleven. Yeah. yeah, but um, uh, I just think that there'd be guys. Absolutely keen as mustard to play for Australia A at home two or three weeks before the first test and maybe get into that first test team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could solve the world's problems if we gave a fuck for us, couldn't we? Oh, that's yes, that's true. Let's talk now about Shield cricket. Yes, let's talk okay, about Okay, here we go. And I'm up, I'm up, I'm ready. Are you ready right. to go? Yep. South Australia travelled to far north Queensland. They went to Cairns and um, Travis Head <laughs> made a century in the first innings. 132 he made. And um, no keeper could make any runs before the first test, but Alex Carey <laughs> made 139. Yeah, I saw he that. Played a right Your man made his made. Imagine if he'd made that in round one or two of the Shield. He would have been playing in the Ashes, I reckon. You know why? Because the pressure was on back then, Ross. Yeah, very true. He couldn't make over 30. He made 130 this time. 
So um, that was all well and good. Uh, South Australia all out for 485. Mitch Swepshin took an Alex Mann Pfeiffer. He took five for 142. Oh, oh, oh. What did he do with the broom pick? He sweeps yep. up. Yep. yep. And our man, Manus Labuhagmi, three for 85 off 20 overs. I don't think I've ever seen him bowl that much. The yeah. flying lasagna bowling. Yes, he, he buzzed bowl occasionally. I think he's a 20 overs. Gentle off spin. Yeah. Mm. That is uh, In reply, Queensland made 389 for five declared. Joe Burns, 202 not out. Yeah, another bloke who could... How'd Renshaw go? How'd Renshaw go? Four. Yeah. <laughs> I knew yes. that, that's why I asked. So <laughs> I do, we had a bit of, just to bring this up, Mick, we had a bit Sorry. of back and forth about, I threw out a potential Australia A team, and I put Joe Burns in there as open, and you said, no good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just tell a story about that Shield game? You can. Uh, so, Jimmy Pearson, who's captaining Queensland yes. after like four or five... This is a great story. Games, yeah. Um, saw Joe Burns to his hundred, uh, 200. And yes, he, he did. And I think we're going to declare now. And he was yeah. on 85 not that. Never made a... No, no, no. It wasn't more than that? Or was no, it was on 82. 85. 82. 82, yeah. yeah. And never yeah. made a first-class 100. And Joe Burns said, well, do you want to get to your 100? And he said, no, let's try and win this game. So let's declare behind and set it up. Yeah. And I yeah, thought that was brilliant. By that's fantastic. Just captaining his yeah. Yeah, yeah. first or second game yeah. after six games at first class that will never made a ton. Hmm. Although yeah. bloody good cricket. Yeah, Ooh, no, that must, was good. He, he must be very well respected because, as you say, he's only played six or so first class games and he's captaining the team. It's, yeah, they must love him. We said this last time, it's quite unusual. It's so weird. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, South Australia batting for a second time made 234 for seven declared. Uh, which left Queensland with a target of 331 runs, but there wasn't time. Matt Renshaw, finally, 51 not out off 133 balls. Oh, really chasing it out so, for victory. Yes, he got, but he got some runs. His first half century of the summer. So he's back. Just oh, as yeah, the Shield season draws to, a, draws to a hiatus. Mm. <laughs> so the points there, I know you'll be interested in... Yes, Hearing all of these these points, South Australia two point nine four, Queensland two point six one. Well, they were always going to get two point nine four that game. Yeah. Well, that's right. It was pretty obvious that was going to. It was one of the all time two point nine four games. The all time great two point nine four. That will go down in the annals as a famous two point nine four point game. Yeah, that's the template for a two point nine four. Yeah, the best ever two point nine four game. It's once in a lifetime two point nine four game. <laughs> <laughs> you wanker. Uh, we move on now to a game that had a fascinating conclusion, David. The Tassie versus New South Wales game in Hobart. Yes. It started with a day of rain, so no yep. ball, no play possible. Day two, Jordan Silk came out and made a ton, which I reckon will be the first time in about five years. Yeah. So good on him. He was ably supported by George Bailey with 70. Jake Doran made a 70. And another keeper made runs. Matthew Wade, 72 not out off 68. Oh, where Wade? Yeah, I saw mm. the picture they showed off. on Twitter. Mm. was just like him backing away on one knee, smacking one over backward point. Ooh, like, that's the best nice. shot he played. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe a bit of a slog. Anyway, they made... Of 112 overs, Tassie were 392 for four declared. There's a decent bowling lineup of Bollinger, Copeland, Abbott, and O'Keefe. Yeah, test players. And no, it wasn't. It's, it's no good, good, mate. That's, that's why Maxwell's 278 is no good. <laughs> that, bowl, yes, that, bowling, uh, that bowling lineup, second rate, as someone told me. Uh, it's a killer awful. lineup. Yep. It's a killer uh, lineup, sure is. Yes, <laughs> sure is. <laughs> In reply, New South Wales. We're all out for 208. Oh, 
if I do the math correctly, yes, doesn't that leave Tasmania with one to win? No, sorry, that that three ninety two Tassie made. New South Wales two oh eight all out. Ah. Then they had to follow on because in first class cricket the follow on's only one hundred and fifty runs. Yeah. So they enforced the follow on, and um, despite seventy to Peter Neville, they were all out for one hundred and eighty four. Another shape of making runs. Which less left Tassie a target of one run to win. <laughs> I love this. I love and this Jordan I love Silk it. came out and hit the second ball for four. I just love that about cricket where you have to yes. go and do a changeover and roll the yeah. pitch and do yeah. everything, yeah. do a warm-up and yes. go and score one yeah. run. The number 11 should have just given Jordan Silk his bat, and just said, yeah. went out to his mark, jogged in and just let him belt one while the Tassie like was fielded. I like how they all took it so seriously. Like, Doolan was yeah. even padded up. I, I did manage to flick across to the stream and just missed him hitting the four. Yeah. But um, Doolan was padded up. What the fuck for? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> like he's, ne- he's never going to face a ball. If they run a bye, then yeah. he's never going to face why. a ball. Because they yeah. have to walk out at the end of the day and do a net session after that because they only chase them one to win. Mm. Mm. So there's that, another that, interesting... Sorry, yeah. Ross, you go. Uh, New South Wales opened the bowling with Trent Copeland. Why didn't um, Ed Cowan open the bowling? Come on, yeah, there's a chance. At first class yeah. level. Now, was it enough? was an... And a very good game for Jordan Silk. Not only did he hit the winning runs and make a century in the first innings, but um, Peter Neville was holding up proceedings. He made 70 out of the 184 in New South Wales second innings until he was caught and bowled by Jordan Silk, who doesn't often get a bowl. So he had one over, one for four. I think I think I might have read somewhere that's his first first-class wicket. Yep. Oh, there you go. We had a day yeah. out, didn't he? Yeah. He doesn't get a bowl because his neck's so long. Yeah, and that's when it. he when he snaps down, he's so top heavy that he just drops over and just like bang. He winds up like you know one of those birds that goes down and comes like up, and goes chicken. down yeah. and comes up. <laughs> tip turkey. Yeah. Oh, that one, yeah. So points, here we go. Oh, Tasmania on four, no doubt. No, no, Tasmania seven point nine. Well, well we. Yeah. New South Give Wales the title now. zero point three eight. Oh, mm. mm. interesting. Right, we move on now to the next Shield game, which was uh, Victoria versus uh, WA at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Ross, WA I'm, better... just gonna, I'm just going to guess the result of this game. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon it ended in a draw. It did, it did. So so the Vicks are playing. Victoria's mm. fourth draw this season out of four games, mm. wasn't it, Ross? Yes, I think that's correct. They're at the bottom of the table, I believe. Fucking we'll get way to that Hmm. So um, uh, the first innings by uh, WA, they decided to load up on all-rounders. So they had uh, at three Cartwright, four Mitch Marsh, five Stoinis, and six uh, Ashton Turner overdrive. <laughs> and they made 243 all-out, uh, shared around by the Vicks. Failed Ahmed to another three wickets, which was impressive for him. Uh, Victoria managed to find it within themselves to play two spinners for once, which is yep. good. John Holland also took three. Not sure why they don't do it every week. Uh, Peter Siddle was rested. If two, two of your four best bowlers are spinners, so be it. Just play him. Every game. Did you say, did you say rested? Yep. He's, Did you mean he's tuckered. No, he's tuckered out, apparently. Yeah, because he's got no fucking... He doesn't eat anything. That's why. Yeah, he had a big look on the contest the night before, mate. He's tired. Yeah, too many bananas. He's yeah. crooking the guts. <laughs> fucking wait. We move on to the Victorian innings. Uh, Circus Maximus Glenn Maxwell made 96, batting at number three. Mm. And Seb Gotch... 
Another keeper in the runs, 98, Jeez. his highest first class score. Oh, the pressure's off, they're all making runs. Uh, Ash is a welcome return to form for someone. I think he's been out with a broken finger. Ashton Agar, 50 overs, 4 for 119. Oh, well, yes. 50 overs? 50 out of 154 overs. Jesus. Bloody hell. Yep. Harold died style. Should have given him more and time Mitch, gets for that. Mitch Marsh got back in the bowling crease, took none for 47. Oh, add that to get your test recall. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, WA second innings, a ton to John O'Wells and our man, the Boswell Bazisto 98, which left Victoria with, a, with no chance of anything to chase. Yeah, that was a draw. <laughs> Another draw. Yes, so when in doubt, a draw. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Marcus Harris had a bowl, which was interesting. I don't think he often gets a trundle. Yeah, he doesn't bowl very often. Well, Harris got a trundle. Jesus. Mm. So, yes, here's the shield table at, at the halfway point of the season. Victoria have no wins, one loss outright, and four draws. <laughs> at the bottom of the table. On top, New South Wales with three wins, and Queensland with two wins is second. Tassie, who've been shit for about three, three or four years, uh, third, two wins, two losses, and a draw. Mm. So there you go. So New South Wales on top of the ladder. Yep, they are. So their second row bowling attack's got them a second top of the ladder. Mm. It's not bad, ever. Interesting, Mick. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Yes, and uh, just a quick wrap now that we're at halfway point of the season. Top run scorer in the shield, Glenn Maxwell, 590 runs. How many? 491. Five. Oh, 590. Oh, 590. Shit. At about, at about 75. Fuck. Average of 73.75. Hmm. Uh, second, Cal Ferguson with 541. And third, Joe Burns with 514. Top wicket takers, Jackson Bird, 25 wickets at 16. Chris Tremaine, 22 wickets at 21. And Scott Boland, 21 wickets at 24. How many games have they played, Ross? Five? Five. Yep, five, five. games. 25 wickets. That's, That's five a game. Good, That's a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. Yep, but he's a good bowler, Jackson Verdes. Yeah. That's why he's next in line. Man, yeah. cool. What I did find interesting, Ross, is you were just reading out like the top run scores and that. So on the Cricket, mm. Australia, Cricket Australia website, they picked the team of the Shield. Now, mm-hmm. Maxie's batted in the sh- number three for Victoria yep. for the whole shield, leading the run scorers, all that stuff. Guess where they yep. picked him in the shield halfway team? Six. 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 Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's fine. <laughs> uh, who was Mitch Marsh picked, please? Uh, 15th, I think. But he's <laughs> been called into the yeah. test. Okay. Yeah, he had that impressive. He had 25 and 30 sure. and none for 45 against the Vicks. If that guy get your fucking test spot, nothing will, mate. This sounds like proper local cricket style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Mitch Marsh yeah, had bloke in twos, averaging 25, and can't realise why he doesn't get in the ones. <laughs> the WBBL. Moving on from the Shield now, we move yep. to some other domestic cricket. The WBBL started today with three games and a double header at North Sydney Oval. Sydney Thunder were four for 40 off eight overs, but finished at six for 200. Which is too much for the Melbourne Renababes, who only made 189 in reply. She's put some big scores in there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Adelaide Strikers made 183 down at Glitterroll Stadium in Adelaide, and Hobart Hurricanes fell short, 138. And then the Sydney Sixers came out in the night game, and Elise Perry made 91, and Ash Gardner made 114 off 52 balls. Yeah, ridiculous. To propel the Sixers to four for 242. Elise Perry sconned a kid in the crowd at one stage, oh, nice. hitting a six. In reply, got the Melbourne Stars only got to 156. And it was 
Um, what the did uh, best, Brett, the best Brett thing you're talking Shane about? Um, Lazile Lee from South Africa is the yeah. wicketkeeper opener for the Melbourne Stars. She made 64 off 36. And she's built like Shane Lee. Yeah. <laughs> right. she, uh, she then said hit the first two overs I reckon yep. out of the first two overs 10 would have gone for four yeah she, right. yeah, she was um, she got the 50 off like 20 balls yeah it was ridiculous and right. she was like and like and this, the Sixers girls were doing too was that North Sydney so mm. they were like proper Sixers like over the she fence and into the crowd yeah, yeah. Yeah. and just yeah. with such power like just yeah. splitting the field and just whoosh go gone like she um she looks like she's a very good bat. Yes. Mm. Look forward to seeing more of that. And um, your mate David uh, Birarung Ma would have been um, enjoying commentating those games. Got two more tomorrow for him. So. Fuck him. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Warner was on it when we were watching it. Yeah, I did. Too. There was uh, Mel Jones and Lisa Stalaker. Stalaker. And uh, Dave Warner was. Uh, Sitting in the middle of those two lovely ladies, and as one bloke at our cricket clubs said it, look, there's a rose between two thorns. Mm. I thought that's a bit harsh, but yeah. He's a dead uh, he Thorn was, between two roses. Yeah, yeah, he was the meat in an idiot sandwich, as well. All right, well, we um, look forward to the uh, long uh, WBBL season and look forward to BBL starting very soon. Is it next weekend or? Yeah, well, after the, the day after the Perth test. Yeah. So the Perth test runs till Monday, BBL starts Tuesday. Yeah. Next week. another um, Mark Higgs medal or whatever the fuck was? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Cam Borges, the Borges. Cam, Cam yeah, Borges. Sorry, Cam Borges. Yeah. Mark Higgs is the matador, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. don't get your medals mixed up. Yeah, yeah, Cam Borges <laughs> is the BBL for best on, and Andrew Johns is the worst That's on. right. Yeah. 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 All right, it's over now to Mick for some local cricket. Alrighty, so uh, we've got a bumper local cricket for this um, episode. So we start off uh, with a little bit of local cricket international style. With South African Marco Moraes, who has shattered a 96-year-old record after smashing the fastest ever first-class triple century and becoming the first bat... Sorry, Ross? Wow. Oh, yeah. And he also became the first batsman to reach the milestone in fewer than 200 balls. Jesus. So, Moraes remarkably batted for just 60 overs in total. He come out at number six. What? With his side. Yes, so so it's in the South African first-class system. So, his side's border. They were four for 84. So, they'd lost... Yeah, and they'd actually even lost a wing on the very first day. The very first ball, the very first day of this match. Against, uh, they're playing Eastern Province at Buffalo Park. So, 24 year old Moraes. <laughs> 24 year old Marco promptly proceeded to smash 13 sixes and 35 fours. So, he brought up his 100 off 68 balls, his 200 off 139, and his triple off 191. Jeez, he went around that last 100, didn't he? Yeah. So, as soon as he got to 300, they declared, and it ended his unbeaten. 420 run partnership with Fat Tits Brad Williams. The actual Fat Nah, not the actual Fat Tits Brad Williams, but with the kid called Brad Williams. So, um, and he finished with 113 off 174 balls. Just uh, so, in the shadow. Yeah. yeah, it's fair to say he was dotting it up a bit, yeah, but you yeah. know. 
So it so that four hundred and twenty eight run partnership is the fifth highest fifth wicket stand in the history of first class cricket. Wow. So Marais is now unsurprisingly sitting second of the competition's leading run scorers list with five hundred and three runs. Poor oh, struggled to start. Yeah, and that's actually three more runs than the goal he set himself for the entire year. Oh, lovely! And he's averaging two hundred and fifty one and a half. As you would. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, just to give you a little bit more background about the fastest ever triple centuries of first class cricket. So the fastest one ever before this one was a, was Charles McCartney, who did it in 221 balls. Chuck. In 1921. Ooh, so he was playing for Australia in a tour match against uh, Nottinghamshire. Before that was Frank Woolley for 230 balls. It was the MCC, which as we know is the England Test side, against Tassie in 1912. Yeah. Uh, Ken Rutherford was 234, which was the New Zealanders versus the DB Closers 11 I've heard of them. in 1986. And the, and the fifth one is Sir Vivian Richards, who made it for Somerset versus Warwickshire in 1985. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Alrighty, so from there we come back a little bit more local. So, so from South Africa, we head to the equally glamorous East Coburg. <laughs> where East Coburg... What? Key law. Yeah. Where East Coburg Cricket Club spinner Amila Mendes took 13 for 27 Ooh. in their outright win over Flemington. So the Easters, as they like to be known at East Coburg, sent Flemington in on day one of their Victorian Turf Cricket Association North A1 encounter, where Mendes <laughs> ran a mark. He took six for five off 13 overs, which included eight maidens as Flemington were all out for 61. Well batted. East Coburg made 118 in reply, so gave him a 57-run lead. Mendes spun his web again the second innings, rolling the gulls, as uh, Flemington are known. He took 7 for 22 from 13.2 overs. So for those playing at home, he took 13 for 27 off 26.2 overs. So his his figures equated to a wicket every two overs, whilst only conceding... A 1.04 runs per over. Shit. So uh, Mendes is 35. He played 61 first-class games in Sri Lanka, taking 142 wickets at 26. He's 45. He, 35. Oh, 35. Yeah. He's been at East Coburg now for, for three of the past four seasons. He's taken 77 wickets at 12. <laughs> Do we know, what does he bowl, Gypsy? Huh? Do we know what he bowls? Spin. Does he? Yeah. Pro finger spin. With a bad action. Uh, from <laughs> from Flemington, we head over to Brunswick and check in with the Brunswick sub-district all-rounder Scott Sanders, who blasted 39 runs off one over on his way to the highest 2020 score in sub-district cricket history. Philly, Philly. Did he yeah. no ball for six or something, did he? Yeah. Nice. So the uh, Brunswick all-rounder smashed 131 from 56 balls against Coburg, <laughs> a knock which included 14 sixes, before Sanders was caught on the fence in the 14th over. His total surpassed the previous record held by his teammate Liam Murphy, who had made 128 when playing a ball one in 2015. Coburg spinner Jordan Bird copped the brunt of Sanders' brutal hitting, conceding 39 off one over, which included three no balls. Uh, McClure style. <laughs> so, he, but, so if you look at it that way, so he hit six sixes and three no balls. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So his teammates were discussing a potential double century when Sanders was caught on the fence off off spinner. Oh, mozzed him! Yeah, they mozzed him, James McCry. <laughs> Sanders' innings on its own would have been enough to defeat seven teams in the first round of the sub-district T20 <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So now we head we head further into Melbourne's north, where Jakana right arm off spinner oh, Samira Vithana captured eleven wickets for the day as the Jags ran through Roxborough Park Broad Meadows to win their VTAC Northwest A one match outright by eighty one runs. A lengthy competition, then. Yeah, it's really good. So defending one hundred ninety nine from the previous week, Vithana's led a stingy attack at Jakana Reserve to claim five for four. Nice. From six overs, dismissing the visitors for just 28. Yeah, well better. Yeah. Following on straight away, the Thunder toiled away for another 17 overs, taking six for 31. Toiled away. <laughs> <laughs> As the North A1 outfit was bowled out for 90, with a spinner finishing with match figures of 11 for 35. <laughs> so this, it capped off a superb four-week period for Vithana, who's also scored 156 and took, seven, six, sorry, took six for 74. To help them get their first win of the season against Aberfeldy Park a couple of weeks nice. ago. So uh, we let we leave Broadmeadows and head over to WA, where twelve-year-old Seth White took four for none, including a hat trick in his first ever over of senior cricket. Really, really. So Seth was playing for Quairading in the Avon Cricket Association against Brookton. They're my boys. So for those interested, the Avon Cricket Association is a single-grade one-day comp based in rural WA. Whilst this is a great achievement, <laughs> whilst this is a great achievement for Seth, the cricket Grinch I am, I feel I need to point out a few things about this match. Uh, about this match, uh, one, Seth was the seventh bowler used, and two, Brookton had already paid or already passed Quadring's score. In a one day. Yeah, so I didn't mean shit. So fuck off, Seth. Yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from WA we head to India. Where, as we like to say, we take this uh, we take this oh, yeah. with a grain of salt. Is it schoolboy cricket? No? Yeah. yeah. Where an Indian cricket team was rolled for two. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon so, they're on the take, all of them. So opening bat, Menka, scored one run, and the other run was a wide, as nine of the Nagaland women's under-19s were out for ducks against Kerala. My boys. So Kerala when. <laughs> Then took just one legitimate delivery to win by 10 wickets with 299 balls to spend. Little Jordan Silverstone. <laughs> yeah. So Nagalana, sorry, Nagaland uh, are the de- are debutants in the, border, in the BCCI Super Series Tournament. They did at least win the toss. Yeah, so that's right good. Yeah. Yeah. They chose to bat and Menka scored run run off 18 balls before she was caught in the sixth over. It triggered the mother of all collapses yeah. as they were bowled out inside 17 overs, 16 of them being maidens. <laughs> so just that was shit. So just, just to give you a bit of an idea, at international one-day level, Zimbabwe holds the lowest score of 35 against Sri Lanka in 2004. Yeah, talking about my boy Zimbabwe. Like all right, that. calm down, buddy. <laughs> Is that where um, Jamin Vaas took a hat-trick in the first over? I think it might have been. Oh, did he? All right, so from WA we go back to Victoria where the Mornington Peninsula Cricket Club, sorry, Mornington Peninsula Cricket Association, where old, Pe- old Peninsula left arm finger spinner John Forrest took seven for 22. Or a Buff Lehman style. Yeah, Forrest took, he's, he's an old jipper too. Is he? Yeah. Forrest took only 15 overs to record his career best figures, which included four bold and two LBs, thanks to the wet pill skidding through. Oh, so they played yeah. last week during, during the Superstorm super in Melbourne. <laughs> So, old Peninsula rolled P-style for 121 to win by 140 runs. How many did he take? Seven. Seven for 22. And they, got, they still made 140. 
they won by 140. Well, they won by 100. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so another, yeah, so another one of our favourites on the show, we head to Geelong now, where Geelong all-rounder Corey Ogle. Oh, my man. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah Corey, so for those of you who may remember, Corey was the lad who bowled the 18 ball over a year or so ago. <laughs> so Corey, so thankfully for Corey this time, we have a little bit more positive to talk oh, about. He sorted himself out, has he? So the big fella, he plays district cricket for Geelong. Yep. He's playing in the second 11 on this instance against Paran in the recent T20 match. He smashed an unbeaten 136. Oh, he's given wow. up bowling, hasn't yeah. he? I think he's an all-rounder technically. Oh. So he took only 74 balls, which included 8 sixes and 13 fours. Fucking hell. Helped Geelong get to 3 for 206. Oh, a friend of the show, Tim Lindemann, must have yeah. mentioned him something. Which, for those, who, who play, for those playing at home who like this type of thing, Ogle scored 66%. Of the Geelong score. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah. Charles so next we uh, So I've almost finished, boys. I've only got a couple left. So uh, I just want to touch on this bloke. Um, he plays for Marambina. He's a batsman. His name's Lee Hardman. Mm-hmm. He played his 500th match on Saturday. 500? 500. Are we talking uh, juniors as well as seniors? Or I'm what? not sure. Okay. Well, that's still a lot of matches. Yeah. In his 500th match, uh, the legendary Marambina batsman went in at number four against Port Melbourne. And he hit 61 not out. So, and for those wondering, Hardman is 64 years old. Oh, well, Babbitt's not. Yeah. So he's playing yeah. second 11 cricket for Moambina in DB3 of the Cricket Southern Bayside, which is that new comp where they put all the teams together. Yep. He's currently averaging 41 this season. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you a little bit of, I've got a bit of background on him, so we'll just run through this quickly. Yeah. So he started at Moambina at the age of nine, where he played under 16s. Okay. Shit, that's pretty different. And his journey to 500 games in, of senior turf cricket began with a first 11 debut in 1969-70. So they're 500 senior games. So if you put in juniors, you've probably got like six or 700. Fucked. Yeah. In 43 years spanning five deco- decades, he's played 371 games in the ones, oh. scoring seven tons and winning the batting average 10 times as he totted up more than two, 10, sorry, more than 10,000 runs. Along the way, he's played rep cricket. He's won a couple of best uh, cricketers in the vets. Uh, he was captain for six years. He was a member of two premiership teams. He was obviously in their team of the century. Yep. He's played the whole century. He'd have to be. Yeah. So the other thing that's a little bit... The other thing that makes you like look at this as well, it could have been even more, but he actually got taken to WA in the 80s for work. So he missed a few seasons as well. Fucking hell. Yeah. But he said he loved playing in Perth where he played for the Melville Cricket Club, which is the home of DK. Oh, is it really? And Graham Wood. So oh, PK Lily. Yeah, so, so one of his eyes is he's he fortunate enough to play a few games with Lily, which he really loved. Probably when he was two. Yeah. Um, so he's also been vice president. He's been on the committee for 26 seasons. And, oh, yeah. I so, assume he's a life member of the club now. Um, he's, no, he's, still, he's still playing, so it's, we can't It's pretty play hard to get life membership in Bean. I think you've got to play at least 600 games. <laughs> so he's still working on it. So lastly, but not leastly, we head to Central Victoria. Oh, oh, and the Bendigo District Cricket Association, where Sanders was stripped of their first 11 victory against Kangaroo Flat. Oh, not oh, Kangaroo yes. Flat. This was now, good. As our, yeah. <laughs> now, as our local correspondent, I usually like to discuss the positive aspects of park cricket, or pot 12-year-old kid named Seth. Yep. But like fat blokes belting triple... I like fat blokes belting triple tons by only hitting sixes, hmm. or some 50-year-old roll, rolling aside for 24. But it's with a heavy heart... 
I need to barrel a few aspects of this point stripping debacle. Oh, no. Sanders was stripped of their points and received a one hundred dollar fine. Hundred bucks. Yep. Because because their ginger ninja Will Keck bowled a nine over spell. Oh. Which is against association rules due to the fact Will is eighteen years old. Oh, he can't. And as an eighteen year old, he's only allowed to bowl a max eight over spell. No, and no more than twenty overs in a day. Sounds like Pat Howard is the head of cricket in Bendigo. Yes. So I have a couple of people to get stuck in here. Firstly, Pottermore. Sanders skipper Craig Howard. Oh, you sort it out, Craig. Come on, Craig. You've played 100 games for the Dragons, Tidy. and you need to know the rules, mate. Tidy up, Craig. Also, a little game awareness would probably help, too. Yeah. Also, blame Will for this, too. Yeah. Probably just, try, just being a sneaky ginger trying to get an extra yeah, fucking yeah, over. Yeah, account, Will. Yeah. Secondly, the Boy. Bendigo District Cricket Association Board. What the fuck? Yeah, poor. This prick is 18 years old. He's an adult. He's a goddamn adult. Good call. He's old enough to drive a car, buy piss, <laughs> buy smokes. Yep. Drink and drive, but he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Go to the hookers. Finger someone. Get drunk, drive to the hookers, and then smoke a dart afterwards. That's it. He's old enough to do all these things. (laughs) Old enough to that West Finger Plus, someone. But he can't bowl more than eight overs at a time. that's bullshit. Spare me. This is just over-regulation because some idiot probably complained because an 18-year-old kid chocked him during their ninth over one day. That's it. (laughs) And the punishment punishment does not fit the crime. Sandhurst put up 360. Oh, smack. And then constricted kangaroo flat to 288. One over was not what cost the flat trackers that victory. So even if old mate... What's his gypsy's name? Uh, Will Keck. Even if old mate Will went for 36 off his over... Still, that still, was still, still a lot of way behind, yep. This is A-grade fucking bullshit. A-bag fuckbaggery. Sa- and you know what the worst <laughs> thing is? Sanders appealed this... And the BDCA, which is the Bendigo District Cricket Association, <laughs> stood by their decision. <laughs> they- fucking... Pathetic. Did they double the fine after the appeal? Yeah, 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like to end on a sour note, but I will. Yeah, fuck them. So fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, and that's local ball. cricket. That was a good second, Mick. <laughs> Thank you, Mick. I agree with all of that. Uh, it's huh. over to David now for Tidy It Up. Uh, I'm conscious of time because we're sort of getting towards the, uh, the back end of an hour. Haven't, so. we, haven't we been um, encouraged to go for as long as possible? I was also uh, conscious of the time, but um, yeah. one of our favourite listeners has said 72 minutes wasn't long enough. Yeah, no, they need more joy. And without Alex, this has been seamless sort of styles. Oh, it's, um, been pleasure. Just... it's been a pleasure to record it, David. There's yeah. been very minimal interruptions, or if there has, there's been polite pausing and waiting for one another. Well, the, the other thing is that we've got synergy. So I'll make yeah. a snarky comment in the background, but Mick will keep going. He doesn't. He understands mm. the way this works. <laughs> yeah. That's um, anyway, so I've got a few blokes to pot, and apologies to Peter Hanscom because his technique's shit, and I was going to tidy him up, but we've already discussed that. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, in my tidy up uh, portion is Steve Smith. He needs to learn how to review decisions at the oh. <laughs> Um Burning two DRS decisions within the space of three balls is absolute yes. diabolical style. So, uh, he needs to sort it out and tidy it up. Can I interrupt yeah. there and say, of course you never, never ask the bowler because they always oh, think they're out. Oh, <laughs> like, the bowlers are the same everywhere, no matter if it's sort of you're under the 11 style or you test cricket. Yeah. They think everything's out. Mate, bowlers hit blokes in the fucking head and go up. Oh, that's out. Yeah, he ducked into it. Uh, Tendulka style. Can I jump in with another point there? I didn't see it, but there was a lot of conjecture about the DRS being wrong. 
and like the ball tracking being wrong, and because it was saying yeah. everything was bouncing over the stumps. Yeah. Uh, could it just be perhaps that our perceptions of what's out is wrong, and the D yep. and the yeah. ball tracking was actually correct, and everything that we yeah. think is out is actually not out? Yeah, correct. It's know. starting to make me think that, like, and I know that the ball tracking has its weaknesses, but I think mm. there's also a degree that, like, people legitimately do not understand the LBW rule. Well, it got me thinking yes. that Steve Smith and David Warner might not be as smart as we think they are. Yeah, I know. Mm. Who'd yeah. have thunk it? It's, it's funny, um, though, that DRS now, at that Adelaide test, people, commentators are saying, oh, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous it's bounce. It could yeah. never bounce that high. It was, well, you know, I'm thinking of the Tim Payne and Sean Marsh one. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Interesting that's, because, that's because um, you know, uh, say a year or two ago, just about every time they went for a review, it would the the, the ball trackers seemed to be always clipping the top of the stumps and it'd be umpire's yeah. call. Yeah. So I think there's actually the ball tracking's fine. It's our perception collectively as humans. You know, we're not perfect. Yep. Yeah, yeah I agree. continue. Sorry. Uh, Bob Willis, he needs to tidy it up, Ross. Um, he came out during the week whinging about how the sledging was personal. Uh, oh, and he'd, he'd heard rumours that it was really personal, but then did not want to elaborate on it uh, Matt Pry style. So if you're going to come with these sort of um, aspersions, casting them, uh, mm. give it some backup. Let's see some evidence yeah, that it's actually Put your nuts on the personal. table yeah. and actually go, this is what I heard was said. Yeah, or, or fuck right off, you old bastard. <laughs> Pretty simple. Or just shut the fuck up. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> and lastly, Jimmy Anderson needs to tidy it up. Uh, he's walked out uh, in the media talking about um, how the Aussies have been bullying the English cricket team. Listen here, Jim. You've been sledging blokes for 102 test matches or whatever you've played. And then you can't just come out when it hasn't worked for you and start whinging about people bullying you. But yeah, this is the same bloke on that, during that night session was standing... At mid off on the mid on on the crease, yeah. Besides Steve Smith giving him fucking both barrels, Actually grabbing him by the actual yeah. headwires and headbutt yeah. and Johnny Bears those mm. So mm. Um, they can tidy it up, Ross. And that's that's my segment. Oh, very good. I think they have a few cultural issues in that England team. Oh, mate. Yeah, you reckon, I reckon they might yeah. be on the piss too much. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Duckett could tidy it up a bit. He looks like the long lost son of um, Robert Doyle and Robert Key. Yeah, he's a real uh, strange-looking gypsy, isn't he? Oh, he's an odd-looking unit. Yeah, real <laughs> sort of tubby-faced, shitty beard type. Yeah, yeah. Robbie oh, so Key. he looks English. Okay. Yeah. Rob, yeah. Robbie Key's a great uh, name from the past. Thank yeah. you for being there, yeah. Ross. And Robert Doyle. He's a massive fat bastard, that bloke. <laughs> yeah. he, Not he, the Lord he, Mayor. Yeah, the Lord Mayor. He's got suit jacket <laughs> buttons that make David King and Mark Robinson's uh, suit jackets look uh, overcoat size. Breathe a sigh of relief. Those jackets, aren't oh, they? Look at that one. Robert Doyle, you fat fuck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even not, see past the all, pick of his not cap, Not at all cricket related, but geez, he's nah. a massive fat bastard. <laughs> uh, right, it's over now to... Our second last segment, it's time for a little bit of Rod Marsh's book, Inside oh, Edge, the story of the 1982-83 Summer of Cricket. And this chapter is entitled, The Alderman Outrage. Alderman. The Terry Alderman incident in the first test in Perth was the worst of its kind I've seen on any cricket ground anywhere in the world. I've seen riots of crowds in both the West Indies and Pakistan, but I've never seen anything in cricket to compare with the outrage which sidelined a great fast bowler for a season and put his very career, his livelihood, under threat. For the sake of cricket itself, such a thing must never be allowed to happen again. It's up to the authorities to see that it does not. 
There was an uneasy feeling in the air at the Wacker Ground that day, November 13, 1982. There was nothing you could put your finger on, but without actually predicting physical violence, you could feel stronger than usual enmity between the rival factions in the crowd. You'll hear a roar and see a punch-up on the hill in Sydney or a fight in Bay 13 in Melbourne, but you never really know what was the cause of trouble. You suspect it's booze, and you're probably right. (laughs) The signal for all hell to break loose was the posting of England's 400th run in the first innings. Bob Willis snicked the last ball of Terry Alderman's over. Things happened very quickly after that. A lot of young guys, some wearing punk gear, others in gear made from cut-down Union Jacks, ran on the field. King of the bolts? Yeah. The average lone pitch invader is a bit of a yahoo, usually under the influence of the old John Barleycorn. (laughs) (laughs) And a cheeky little bits at the edges. (laughs) Yeah, he's a bloody nuisance, but physically he's pretty harmless. There was something about those blokes at the Wacker, though, that told me trouble was brewing. Ah, Next page. Terry said later later he was thumped on the head. Terry took after the guy, and my first thought was to protect my teammate. Dennis Dilly had run in, so had Alan Border. I didn't actually see the rugby tapper which brought the offender down and crippled Terry's shoulder in the process. I saw Terry on the ground but had no idea he was hurt at all until he looked up at me and said, Bacchus, Bacchus. I said something like, yeah, hang on, mate, I'll just make sure uh, these blokes don't come back. He said, Bacchus, again, my shoulder's gone, my shoulder's gone. Then I realised that uh, it wasn't a smile on his face but an expression of sheer pain. I called for a stretcher, which took quite a time to be produced. In the meantime, Lily had one of the invaders pinned to the ground. A cricket field? It looked like a bloody battlefield. Order was eventually restored and the game went on without Terry Alderman. It was some time before the full extent of his injury was known and what a tragedy it was. He was a young bloke just approaching the peak of his career. He'd already broken records and only time will tell if it would be the same bowler again. The sad irony of it all is that Terry had played a lot of Australian rules football and the tackle that wrecked his shoulder was kid stuff to what he delivered and received on the footy field. Uh, the sad episode underlined one fact. Under no circumstances should a spectator be allowed onto the cricket field, or for that matter, onto any sporting field. Yes, so they're talking about Terry Alderman dislocated his shoulder tackling a pitch invader. What the fuck yeah. is it with uh, Perth? They're going nuts over there, Nick. Oh. Uh, even the 80s just... It's yep. wild. Fucking bad too. Yep. There's a few pictures there of Rod Marsh actually carried the stretcher. He's there in his oh, wicket keeping pads carrying the stretcher. Yeah. Well, there's four of them. He's one of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, very sad event. Oh, sad. That was a sad chapter, stupid. Ross. Mm, like punk music just trying to ruin cricket. Fucking yep. it. Too much punk. sex pistols and not enough yeah. junior cricket. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Wayne's. Yeah. Wanker. So there you go. Yes, not not so <clears> funny, <throat> but um, an important event in that summer. Yeah. Yes. Well, on that sombre note, we head over to Mick for some listener feedback, I believe. Yeah. What do you got, Mick? Alrighty. So we have a uh, another uh, one of our listeners from the UK. It's the Ashes. It is. It's the Ashes. Bringing them all out. So we have uh, Chris from Manchester. Uh-huh. So the subject line is James Faulkner. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh. That's a, that's a name I didn't think I'd hear. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Did for drink driving when he played for... Um, yeah, I think he did, actually. Yorkshire. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so Chris... Yeah, so Chris's email. All right, guys. Enjoying the podcast, you arrogant, graceless Aussie pricks. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
Quick question, we in brackets Lanks, which I'm guessing is Lancashire as yeah, Ross just said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have mm. just re have just re signed James Faulkner on a two year strictly white ball deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's Great good news. He was the standout player in our successful T twenty campaign in two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, right. There you go. Why does he not get a look in at Test cricket? He bowled great in that 2013 Test in England and averages about 26, I think, yep. in his Red Bull career. Moreover, he has the intelligence and the variations to make the best of a nothing track. Is he mm. Australia's Plunkett, i.e. a fan favourite who can more than hold a bat but has been bafflingly pegged as a strictly limited overs cricketer? Surely he's, miles better, he's a miles better bet than Mitch Marsh. Your thoughts, if you please, gents. And that's from Chris. Have you got a, have you got a, a rebuttal? Or? So my initial rebuttal, because um, I actually wrote back to Chris um, not long after receiving the email, and then said we'll talk about it in the podcast as well, but yeah. I gave my little spiel paragraph that I wrote. It would have been succinct. Oh, no, I tried, I tried not to let my personal opinion of it, which would probably come out now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. but... Um, my, I just said to him, I said, he's one of these guys who got so caught up in white ball cricket and bowling slow balls and bowling all this stuff that he forgot, he seemed to forgot how to bowl yep. a straight up and down one with yep. his maximum pace. And I think it, and I think he did fairly or unfairly get pegged as being, well, he just plays white ball cricket. Yep. And he's a fucking shit cunt. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, <laughs> Tim, Tim Payne aside... It's hard to play test cricket for Australia when your state doesn't want to pick you. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, he's really struggling in Tasmania. I noticed you, you said that, yes, and I just had a quick look at the scorecard. I thought, has he even played for Tassie this season, James Faulkner? Because he didn't play in the yeah. last game for him. No. Is he, he's not injured? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, well, I don't I think, think so either. He's played for Tassie this year. Mm. I mean, his name hasn't come up if he has played. Uh, I think he might have played the first year game, then he might have got dropped. Right. He just bowls too many of those jipper like you said, slow yeah. balls oh. at the back of the hand style. Yeah, well, he... Bevan uh, left up oh, Well, style. yeah, he, he's just he seems to have gotten a bit like um, the pirate Clint McKay. Yep, where he just lost his way. He's just yeah, he got so through B uh, through T Twenty and One Day cricket, and you got to take the pace off the balls. That way, the batsman has to force the issue. Rah, fast, rah. And so you just forget how to bowl a quick up and down one. Yep, and uh, I think he needs a recalibration, but. Yeah. He raises a good point. What was his name? Denzel. I oh, know, Chris. No, different, different Chris. Chris. Um, who's the famous Chris? Chris Pratt. Um, Chris yeah, Martin. Chris Pratt raises a good point yeah. because I think if he was your number six batsman at test level, yeah. he certainly can hold a stick. Mm. And you don't see a lot of uh, left arm variations at test level. No, that's true. With chiming uh, in with five or six overs, yeah. sort of your Michael Bevan 1996, 97 style. Yeah. So. Yeah, he could be a decent option, but he certainly needs to learn how to play cricket again. Yeah, I think he's just like he's just one of these blokes who's just been like probably playing white ball cricket. He is quite good at it, but it's probably ruined any hopes he had of being a test well, cricketer. Said all that, he'd be he'd be a good pickup for the Lancs. Are they the Foxes, yeah. Ross, or is that someone else? Sorry, are they the Foxes, the Lancashire Foxes? Nah, they're they Red Rose, Red Rose, I believe. Ah, yeah. Like, yeah, with that being said, like having him on a white ball deal is actually a good pickup because that's the cricket that he excels at. The only other thing to answer your question, um, as you can tell by our feedback, is he's not a fan favourite like Plunkett. He's just a bloke that's a jipper that no one likes. I wonder if he's ever poured a full glass of piss on someone, though. Yeah, that's true. 
Who knows? It's up to you. Um, I'll just, um, as you're talking about that, James Faulkner was man of the match in the uh, World Cup final in 2015. Yes, he was. Yeah, wow. Was, yeah. Once in a Once lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a good day too, fellas. I was there watching it. <laughs> you were sitting there pulling your port. I was watching it. Yeah, I was, I was there watching the other World Cup final at the MCG on replay that I went to once in a lifetime. How long ago was that? Uh, when was that? 1992. Yeah. I'll be dead in 17 years. <laughs> 12 years, so 22 years. Watched uh, the mighty English that you know Chris supports get down by the even mightier Pakistan. Yeah, Aussie Mac Red uh, yep. really turned on. Yeah, Beefy tried his best to get the palms over the line, but wasn't and enough. also, the best ever one-day uniforms at 92 World They were yes. fucking great. Yeah. They, were, so they were great, those uniforms. Uh, interesting. Uh, just, just to try and find out about what's happening with James Faulkner. Um, Dan Bredick wrote an article when he lost his Cricket Australia contract in April that his uh, international career could be over. Well, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, that's well, he's crazy. right so far. That's probably the way yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, contract. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's really going back to Chris's uh, question about why he hasn't played more Test cricket. He really fell down the pecking order of the bowlers because he's just not. Taking wickets at shield level because you've got yeah. Bird and Jackson Bird and Chad Sayers ahead of him. So, yeah, he's down there. Well, Christ, what? Chad Sayers takes a million wickets in a season yeah. and can't get a game. Yeah, Bird, yeah. you can't just be. Um, and uh, also, Australia's, Australia's had a bit of luck with injury. Like, I know Stark and Hazelwood have had their injuries over the time, but generally they've been pretty durable. Yeah. And then they've got Pat Cummins back and they've played, they played in the subcontinent quite a bit where they've gone for two spinners. So. Yeah, 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 but he wouldn't. He wouldn't be even on their radar. He's certainly got a touch of the um, another bloke whose career came to a sudden end. The Clint McKay's with the too many slower balls. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, his um, his selection in the Australian One Day and T Twenty teams last summer weren't based on form, but previous uh, efforts. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the fact that he's awful in for the side. Them. Yeah, he's been awful for the Melbourne Stars. Uh, the last BBL, the one just gone, the, you know, the previous yeah. one. Uh, no runs, batting far too low. That's a, he's batting isn't trusted or something. He's not batting high yeah. enough. Right. He it's should be batting five. Don't, don't empty out the bloke, don't <laughs> <laughs> What's that, sorry? West, he'll go Westgate style. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, if, but if he's going to play for Australia, he's either yeah. going to, like, what's he going to do? Is he, is, yeah. You know, should he be this bloke who's coming into the squad replacing... Uh, Mitch Marsh instead of Mitch Marsh is that his spot? He, I don't know that he's batting strong enough for him to bat six. I know he could say the yeah. same thing about Mitch Marsh, but um, but even like you were saying, yeah. Ross, just then when he does play ODIs, he ends up like the six bowler. Yeah, in yeah, the last and, sort of season and a bit. Yeah, yeah, and his spot to me would be, I don't know that he's. I think he's a bit like Pat Cummings or Paul Rifle actually. I, I know he can no, he can bat better than that, but. Um, He's, he's not a number six or seven, even in one-day yeah. cricket. He's a number eight. Yeah. He's a number eight. Is it that he's a He's a pickle sort of style. I mean, yeah, it, his yeah. batting's just not that good. good. Yeah, is he pickle. not an all-rounder? No, he's not. No, he's a, he's a bowler who can bat quite well, who's an excellent yeah. number eight. Maybe yeah. a seven at a pinch. Yeah. He'd like a Siddle or like a Cummings or something. Right, yeah, like, uh, and smacking the ball around at the sort of lower yeah. end, yeah. six and seven. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway, right. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see if he actually 
I mean, he had some incredible highs there when he beat England by hitting three sixes in the last Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Were we drunk that day at the Spread Edward Hotel? We sure (laughs) were, yep. Yeah, smashed. Yes. But, yeah, so Dan Bredick's drawn parallels here between Faulkner's uh, fall from grace as the same as that of Simon O'Donnell, another all-rounder who found himself suddenly out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Certainly, certainly seems to be the case. Hmm. James Faulkner doesn't have his own special coloured seat at the MCG. At the Bloodstone Arena. No, that's true. Is there any seats at the Bloodstone Arena? Two. For the two supporters that come. Look, (laughs) two supporters. (laughs) There's one seat for Ricky Ponting Reserve, but he's never been there since. And there's a bed for the bloke who brings his dog. Mm -hmm. So he played against um, Victoria in the first Shield match of the season. Yep. Oh no, not the first one, one of them. The 13th of November, yeah. he took one for 13 and one for nine and made one with the bat. Yeah, well played. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Slightly better than Mitch Marsh's none for 45 against Victoria. Yep, no, and he played... The he did play he got a wicket. In, mm. He did play in two of the um, one-dayers against India in uh, September, October this year. Yeah. Uh, um, I think even so it's in the, um, <laughs> sorry. You go, in the, you go. In the Matador, in the Matador, he made five, 34 not out, seven and 15. Two for 71, two for 42, none for 31 for 42. Fuck. Yeah, so he's hardly setting the world on fire. Yeah. He's hardly getting the match to light, let alone yeah. set the world on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's, just, so, he's got a bat higher, but he's got a bat better to justify yeah. batting higher. Oh, that's true. So if that doesn't answer your question, Chris, I don't know what will. Yeah, sorry, Brady, we sort of went off on a tangent. <laughs> I like your style. Keep sending them to We definitely <laughs> loaded up. We load you up with stats, mate. If you want to, if you want to sift through them, see what you think. There you go. <laughs> it's a curious <laughs> question, though. I've got, I've yeah. got no idea uh, why he. He certainly, you know, he was looking like yeah. oh, great all rounder. Mm. Probably more of a bowler who could bat quite a bit. Yeah, but um, I yeah, just. just He's only 27. I've got a question, got a question for Chris. Um, why did he think we'd be able to tell him anything? Yeah. <laughs> That's my question. Really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he just wanted an ambling, bumbling, rambling response, yeah, and that's what he got. Well, if that's what he was looking for, he got it in yeah. court. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm trying to find more info about him, but I, I reckon he's just been dropped. There's no story there about um, discipline or anything like that. I think he's yeah. just been dropped. All we need to say now, Ross, is we're on all major uh, social that's media it. platforms. Yeah. Yep. Yes, that's it. I've lost a bit of paper. There we go. Major social media and podcast platforms. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter at Midoff Cricket, on our website, midoffcricketpodcast.wix.com slash home. Our next podcast will be in a fortnight, and we'll look to see if we can do a live BBL game. Hold on to your hats. Oh, well, well. Get ready for that. Until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Piss off, Alex. Bye, Ross. (laughs) Outro music. Hit it now. (laughs)